Hey, Reality Carp, it's good to be with you in this way. Um, Again, we just say that we love you, and I'm really thankful that we can connect in this way. Um, If you're not able to make it to our in-person gatherings, I'm just thankful for some level of connection with you and that you can be studying the Word of God alongside of us together. So if you will, open your Bible to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we are continuing our uh, verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John. The title of this text today is Four Warnings from Jesus. And we'll be reading John 8, verse 21 through 29 together. I'll read this and then we will ask for God's help and blessing to understand his word and, and get into it. John 8, 21 says this. So he said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Since he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. He said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I've been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Jesus, we thank you for your word, your living active word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have preserved the words of Jesus, that you have given us the word of God, the only perfect, infallible, inerrant, inspired, life and soul saving word of God. This morning we Lord, just say that that we're desperate for you. God, I am desperate for you together. We need you. We need you, Holy Spirit, to help us grasp what you have said and apply it to our lives and, and to obey you, Lord. And so we just ask for your help now to behold wondrous things out of your word together. And we say this all in the name and for the glory of Jesus. Amen. Well, if you uh, were paying attention to these words of Christ, you noticed some pretty intense, pretty significant, heavy words. Uh, We can sum up this text really as four warnings from Jesus. Now, now warnings can often feel, I don't know, a little extreme at the time. You know, I'm prone to 
take some careless risks. I, I'm, I tend to run my gas gauge to below E. I tend to ignore signs uh, warning me of danger. And, and some of us may feel that way. Oftentimes warnings may even feel like, is, is this really true? Is this source that is warning me credible? Some of us may feel that about warnings, but, but here's the deal. If there is one source if there is one person who is worth paying attention to when it comes to warnings about life and our own souls, it is Jesus. And so let us, let's hear and look to and study the very warnings of Jesus. And, and again, sometimes I, I, I tend to think, man, I, I don't want to say hard things or, or I, maybe let's lighten this up, but let's remember that, that Warnings, even difficult words from Jesus are for our good. Jesus does all that he does in love. And so these hard words are, are the very love of Christ for us as, as we study them. Uh, Martin Luther said of our text, this is a dreadful sermon, an appalling and dreadful word of farewell. You see, this is one of the last sermons in the Gospel of John that Jesus addresses publicly to the world. This is one of the last times Jesus speaks openly to people. The, 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 uh, the vast majority of the rest of the, the Gospel of John are just intimate words Jesus speaks to his disciples. And so in many ways, this is a farewell sermon as Jesus is pleading with and warning his hearers. And so let's listen to this with the, the, the knowledge that Jesus is, is loving us and is caring for us. And so we'll walk through this text and we'll look at four warnings together. The first warning from Jesus is this, we should watch for self-righteousness. We need to be, be aware of, be on guard against self-righteousness righteousness. Look with me at verse 21 and 22. So he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Since he says where I am going, you cannot come. What's going on here is this, to the Jewish mind, probably the, the chief sin was the sin of suicide. And, and they just had the belief, that, and it's common today, that if you commit suicide, you instantly go to hell. It is just, you go to the, the, there's a special, they believe this, a special place in hell. The darkest corner of hell is for those who commit suicide. And so when they hear Jesus say, hey, I'm going away, and, and you can't follow me where I'm going. They just assume that Jesus is going to commit suicide and go to hell. And, and they assume, well, certainly I would never follow Jesus to hell. We're not going to hell. We could never follow Jesus to hell. And so they assume in this moment that, that Jesus is going there and, and that they are in the clear because they assume I'm going to heaven. Jesus is going to hell and I'm going to heaven. This was classic, um, 
Pharisee-like uh, uh, posture that Jesus often confronted, the self-righteousness of the Jews. They just assumed, man, we are children of Abraham and, and they bring this up later in the chapter. They just assume we are God's chosen people. We are going to heaven. We don't even need to worry about the possibility of going to hell one day. We are righteous, they had their traditions and, and they even had such a, a really a low view of the, the law of God that they believed they could do everything required of them and that they could simply trust in themselves. And, and so first and foremost, we need to be aware that we aren't like these Jewish hearers who simply assume they are good. I, I want to read for us together uh, a, a text, a, a story Jesus develops this idea in Luke 18. Luke 18 verses nine through 14. This is maybe one of the best ways Jesus warns against self-righteousness. This, this is really an application. Does my life look like this? Is my attitude like this? Luke chapter 18 verses nine through 14 says this. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Who do you resemble? Do you look down on others and their sins and treat them with contempt and feel good about yourself and your righteousness? Do you take refuge in your own good deeds? Or are you more like this tax collector who is broken over his sin, who, who humbly just cries out, God, be merciful to me. What do your prayers sound like? What is your attitude like? And so Jesus reminds us and, and warns us, watch for self-righteousness. Matthew 5, the first beatitude, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The way into the kingdom of heaven is for us to humbly recognize I can't get in by my own righteousness. I'm broken over my own sin. I daily cry out for God's mercy and grace apart from me constantly abiding in Jesus, in his righteousness on my behalf, I can do nothing. And so Jesus warns us, 
warns us of self-righteousness. The second warning we see in our text is, is this from Jesus. He says, watch, watch for worldliness. Watch for worldliness. Verse 23, he said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. First, notice that in that verse, he doesn't validate their assumption that they're going to heaven and he's going to hell. He corrects them. He says, no, you are actually from below. You think I'm going to below? That's where you are from. I am from above, but you are from below. You are of this world, he says. The world is a, is a biblical term that refers to those individuals who have no grace, no saving faith and trust in Jesus. They are of this world. We are all born of this world. We are all born in this world and of this world. And the Bible warns us that, that we need to be born from above. We need to be born again by the Holy Spirit. And to a Christian, the Bible time and time again warns us of worldliness. I want us to see three passages that warn us of worldliness. The first is in James chapter four, verse four. Listen to the half brother of Jesus continue this warning against worldliness. James four, verse four. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Jesus is just willing to warn us of worldliness. His brother warns us of worldliness. Often it's an idea that the way we can reach people for Jesus is, is by befriending them and taking on their values and doing what they do and loving what they love. But the Bible says that is to be an enemy of God. The Bible warns us against worldliness. I want us to see another warning against worldliness in 1 John chapter 2. Verses 15 and 16, John, the same apostle who wrote the gospel of John, says this to, to the church, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him for all that is in the world. And he sums it up in three ways. The desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. He sums up, what does worldliness look like? It looks like just giving in to your carnal flesh. It, it looks like whatever your eyes see and covet, possessions. I, I want those things. And finally, the pride of life. Having pride in, my, in myself, in my accomplishments, puffing myself up. The Bible warns us against worldliness. And finally, I want, to see one, I want us to see one more warning against worldliness 
particularly for those of us who are in the church. Jesus tells the parable of the soil where, where these seeds are scattered on different soils. And, and look, at, look at one of the soils, Matthew 13, 22. It says this, As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the, but the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. You see, so often we can hear wonderful things from God in the Bible, but, but we get distracted, we get choked. Our desires, our hearts, our faith gets choked out as we desire the things in the world. And Jesus is telling his Jewish listeners, the reason why they have no faith in him is because they are in love with the world. Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. You can't be friends with God and the world. And so he warns against worldliness. The third warning we see from Jesus is, is this. We are to watch for unbelief. Again, first, we, we watch for self-righteousness. Secondly, we are, we're warned to watch for worldliness. And third, we are to watch for unbelief. Verse 24 through 27, Jesus says this, I told you, that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. Verse 27, they did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the father. Here he explicitly says, unless you believe. And, and what are we to believe? Well, in verse 24, we actually, it's, it's hard to notice in our English translation, but where it says, unless you believe that I am he, we see again that familiar Greek expression, ego emi, which is a, um, he's repeating himself. He's saying ego means I am, and emi is another way of saying I am. He's saying, unless you believe that I am that I am. He is saying, unless you believe that Jesus is Yahweh, he is God. Unless you take Jesus at his word, as he says, I have much to say about you. And even as they ask him, who are you? He says, just what I've been telling you. We see faith comes when we believe what Jesus has been telling us. Belief in who he is and belief in what he says. And what he says comes from the father. It's the very word of of God. Jesus is warning us against unbelief. He's saying, don't be selective in what you believe about me. Don't be selective in what you believe from me, from my word. Don't just pick and choose. Everything I say has come from the Father. 
He's saying, watch out against unbelief. Watch out against doubt. Watch out against selectively choosing and editing what you think is true about God. You must believe Jesus is who he says he is. That everything he says is true and from the Father. Watch for unbelief. And so we've, we've been warned against self-righteousness, against worldliness, against unbelief. And finally, and this really is the heaviest warning there is in the Bible. We are to watch for the final judgment. He has said multiple times, you're gonna die in your sin. You're gonna die in your sin. And then he, he, he says it in a, a unique way in verse 28 and 29, read with me. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, speaking of the cross, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. And he has not left me alone for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Now, when Jesus says in verse 28, this is important. You have to focus a little bit here. When you have lifted up the son of man, he's speaking of the cross. And what he's saying is you, you, he's speaking to them. You will put me on the cross. You will kill me. You will lift me up on the cross. And he says, when you have done that, then you will know, then you will know that I am, that I am. And what he's saying here is this. He's not saying when you, when you put me on the cross, then you will be saved. What he's saying is, and, and again, we need to read verse 28 in its context of the previous verses, and, and we see the two keys are in verse 21 and 24. So I want us to see this connection here. Verse 21 again says, I'm going away. How's he going away? To the cross. He's going to the cross. And you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Now, how, let's, how, think about this. If they're seeking Jesus, how is it they will die in their sin? It doesn't really make sense on, on the surface. If you seek Jesus, you, you shouldn't die in their sin. But what he is saying is this. We're gonna tie all this together. You will seek me. What he's saying there is you will seek a Messiah. He's saying, I'm going away and I'm gonna be gone. And you're gonna keep looking for a Messiah. You've rejected me as the Messiah. You're gonna put me on the cross. And then you're gonna be looking for a Messiah, which he's saying is really me, but you've rejected me. So, so you're gonna kill me. And then you're gonna go on seeking for a Messiah and you will not find a Messiah besides me. And because you have rejected me, you will not seek what you find. You will not find what you seek. You will die in your sin. And so that's what he says in verse 21. And he says it again in a different way in verse 24. I told you, you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So twice we've seen him say, 
you will not believe in me. You do not believe in me. You will put me on the cross. You will die in your sins. And then verse 28 fleshes it out even more. How's this gonna happen? You're gonna put me on the cross. You will, you will lift up the son of man on the cross. And he's saying, and there will come a day when you will know, you will see who I really am. And there's even a play on words here on you will, when you have lifted up. First and foremost is speaking of the cross. He's lifted up on the cross, but we also see prophecies in, in the Bible that the son of man will be lifted up to the ancient of days. We see it in Daniel chapter seven. And we know that there will come a day when every person will behold Jesus seated on his throne. And there will come a day when every person who has ever lived will stand before Jesus and we will all see him high and lifted up. And every person in that moment will know who he is. When Jesus is lifted up, there will be no question about who he is. He is the son of God. He is Yahweh. And in that moment, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And unless we, unless you, unless these Jews believed in him, we will die in our sins. He is saying to them, the day will come when I will be lifted up and it will be too late. And you will, you'll know, but you will, you will have died in your sins. You will know too late. And so he is warning them. He's telling them now, believe unless you believe. The day's coming, you're gonna lift me up on the cross and then you'll know what you have done and you will die in your sins. Hear this grave, serious warning from Jesus. Now, I wanna read to you a quote that, 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 that helps us process a bit. Man, these are some heavy words from Jesus. This is from one of my favorite pastors in history. His name's J.C. Ryle. This was written 150 years ago in London. Listen to what he says. These solemn words are invested with peculiar solemnity when we consider from whose lips they come. Who is this that speaks of men dying in their sins, unpardoned, unforgiven, unfit to meet God? Of men going into another world with all their sins upon them? He that says this is no other than the savior of mankind who laid down his life for his sheep. The loving, gracious, merciful, compassionate friend of sinners. It is Christ himself. Jesus, the one who is warning us against self-righteousness, against worldliness, against unbelief, against judgment, is the very one who was judged in the place of sinners. 
He's the very one who says, don't trust in your righteousness. Take my righteousness. Let me become sin on the cross so that you can come to me and experience a true, perfect righteousness. Rather than worldliness, he's saying, come to me, receive my spirit that you can grow in holiness. Rather than unbelief, come to me, believe in me so that you will not die in your sins, but you will have eternal life rather than judgment for all eternity. Come to me, the one who was judged on the cross so that you can be pardoned forever. Hear these warnings from a loving, gracious, compassionate, merciful Savior who offers life and forgiveness to you. Have you believed in him? Are you still believing in him? Are you trusting in him for righteousness? Christians, stop looking to your performance in your past or your present or your future for righteousness. Look to Christ for your righteousness. Christian, flee from the world, from the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and the the lust of the eyes and look to Jesus, the one who satisfies you far more than what this world can offer you. Turn in your doubts, your unbelief, where you don't want to accept what Jesus has says. Come to him and believe there is joy and life found in his word. And go flee, Christian, to the only person who can take judgment from you, who can offer you the promise that you will not die in your sin. But if you believe in him, you will have everlasting life. Let's hear these warnings from Jesus. Let's flee from these things and together let's run to Christ. Jesus, we thank you for who you are and what you have done. Spirit of God, would we heed these warnings? Thank you for what you have done for us, Jesus. And would we believe? In Jesus' name, amen.